This is MSU Today. I'm Russ White, Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley Jr. MD joins me to talk about the latest on the evolving coronavirus and how MSU is confronting it. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you, Russ, and all the listeners. The COVID-19 pandemic has required a lot of attention and decision-making at MSU to keep everyone safe and moving forward. Can you give us an idea of how these decisions are made? Well, we begin, of course, with the fundamental principle of keeping everyone safe at Michigan State University, faculty, staff, and students, and at the same time doing everything we can to continue our vital mission of education and research and economic development. And all these things are critical to us, as well as our extension mission, of course. And so that those considerations sometimes conflict a little bit or may conflict in what we need to do. Um, but in general, we try to optimize each of those things. And so I meet very frequently with other Michigan State University leaders. Spend a lot of time with Dave Weissmantel, our university physician, Norm Beauchamp, who runs all of our medical areas. Uh, the provost, of course, because she really represents faculty and students. Student affairs through Benny Gore uh, are part of this group. And so we, Melissa Wu is executive vice president for administration, representing staff, HR. So it's a group that really, I think, represents a number of constituents on the campus and allows us to take a very broad view of what we're doing. And then, of course, we look at data. Um, because of my background, you know, I'm very interested in what's happening. We follow what's happened in the past at Michigan State University. So what have our patterns been? in the past in terms of COVID now. We're now well more two years into this pandemic, so we can look at historical data and understand what happens. We know that when students return to campus, for example, we've seen a surge each time. Even if there was lower background in the community, we've seen a surge. When there's higher background in the community, we see a surge again uh, on top of whatever's happening in the community. So that's happened. So we need to be prepared for that. We also know, of course, that we've been very successful uh, and safely administering uh, uh, learning um, during this time in person in our last semester. So we take that into account as well. And I may talk more about that in a second. Um, but we also consider guidance from CDC. So we try to adopt CDC guidance and stay with it. We look at what the State Department of Health and Human Services is recommending and try and go with that. And then of course, we make recommendations based on the science. And the science right now, we know from Omicron and we know from the medical data, uh, we've learned a lot about that virus. It transmits probably twice as effectively as the previous virus did. It's also probably about a half as virulent in some sense, that about a half the people who are, had to be hospitalized in Delta, about a half of those numbers of people will have to be hospitalized with Omicron. So 100 people getting Delta, 100 people getting Omicron, about half the people that, got, that were hospitalized with Delta would be hospitalized with Omicron. So that's good things. Hospital stays are shorter with Omicron. But still, people are hospitalized. And if you go into a situation where with Omicron, where you have three times as many people getting infected, um, then the fact that half as much uh, or get, means you're still getting up with more people in the hospital than you did with the Delta outbreak. And so that's somewhat what we're seeing around the country right now is hospitals are at capacity. So we really work to do this. And finally, we look to coordinate with others. So I talked to my leaders, the leaders at other institutions. Uh, we obviously talk to our health department. Um, we talk to our uh, representatives from some of our cities and townships so they understand what we're planning to do. All those things come together in making the kind of difficult decisions we do. And as you mentioned, sir, we were able to limit the spread of the coronavirus while keeping most classes in person last semester. Why did we start this semester with mostly remote classes? I think it was it was a difficult decision because we know how much students want to be in person. And I think all of us wanted to be back in person. But I think it had to do with two things. One was 
just a little bit of uncertainty about Omicron, understanding it better. I think just even in the past few weeks, we've learned more about it and how it spreads. And I think I talked about that. But the second was the recognition that there were going to be large numbers of cases associated with this surge. That the measures we've done before, which is vaccination, boosters, which is absolutely imperative, by the way, because that's the difference between getting sick with these viruses and getting hospitalized with these viruses and having a very mild illness. But what we know about Omicron is the breakthrough infections are more common with Omicron than they were with any variant up to date. And it's far more contagious. So again, most of the cases that we're seeing as a country are in unvaccinated individuals. And by far, 90%, 88% of the cases we're seeing that are hospitalized or deaths, unfortunately, are with unvaccinated individuals. But vaccinated people are getting Omicron. And some of us may know people who've been vaccinated, had their boosters, um, and are getting Omicron. So we knew there'd be more cases to deal with. And the concern was we do have to quarantine or isolate. We have to isolate individuals who've been infected for now, according to CDC guidance, at least five days before it was 10 days. So if we came back and we had a major surge, our concern was there would be significant absenteeism, both in classes uh, and in uh, faculty um, because of this Omicron surge at this time. So it would make it more difficult to have in-person classes because people wouldn't just wouldn't be able to show up, basically. The first three weeks of the semester are critical in learning. It's the time when everyone learns about the course, what's going to be taught, is taught some of the basic principles that are going to be important. And we wanted to make sure there was a consistent first experience for everybody coming back to MSU this semester. So we thought the easiest way to do that would be to be remote in these first three weeks. Um, the goal now is that after we get these first three weeks in, everybody's on the same page. We know there'll still be some absentees. We know there'll be some classes that have to be missed, but people will have started the semester. They'll be in the class. They'll know what's going on. And it's going to make it think a better experience. We also cared about, of course, what was happening with the opening of other school districts. So we wanted to make sure that some of the, again, surges that might take place there with reopening, that parents who have to care for children, uh, who may have children in, in elementary school age, who may have to come home again um, because they test positive, that we would also help deal with that by being remote during this time to give more flexibility to our faculty and caregivers um, with their schedules as well. So that's what's driven it. Um, we're looking to uh, open again, uh, uh, to, re, 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 to start in person person classes uh, on January 31st. That's our goal right now. And we're following numbers very carefully as we look up to that. So what else are we doing this semester to control the spread of COVID-19? Well, again, you know, the mask mandate remains incredibly important. I encourage everybody to get the, the best kind of mask you can. And I think that's very important um, to do that. So I think in mask wearing indoors, I think remains something that we need to do. And I would I really encourage everybody to do that. Um, it's always it's still disappointing to me that the you know rest of the state hasn't caught up with that. Um, but I'm really glad that I see it on our campus and people continue to adhere to it. And it's been adhering to it sporting events and other things as well. So I really appreciate that, that people are doing that. The really important thing of course, is that, you know, to, for people to be vaccinated and to make sure you've had your boosters. And we're requiring boosters, as we've talked about, for all faculty, staff, and students. Um, the, if you're eligible during this period of time, we expect you to get it by February 1st. Uh, when you become eligible, if it's after February 1st, we expect you to get it within two weeks uh, of your eligibility uh, taking place. And so that's the most important thing. We know that's, again, as I said, something that changes this disease from something that can be very severe and cause death. Again, we're not seeing a huge decline in deaths right now during this Omicron surge, but they're not increasing proportionally to the number of cases as they would have with the Delta, for example. Um, but that's still concerning. So getting vaccinated, getting boosted are really critical. So to make that easier, 
Um, we're working with Ingham County and we're working to set up some vaccine stations uh, that would be available for more of the mass vaccination efforts like we had early on in the, earlier on in the pandemic as we did the pavilion. So we're looking for those opportunities, maybe with capacity of about a thousand uh, boosters at a time. Um, we're also continuing to talk to uh, other uh, surrounding areas uh, about the availability of vaccination so that we can put on our Together We Will website the locations of places that are providing vaccines for people who need to get them. We're doing some vaccines uh, in our pharmacy. We're doing some vaccines in student health, but there's about a three-week wait at least for those. So I encourage people to find out where's the place you can get vaccinated. And for those students, faculty and staff who have not had that booster, um, this is a great time to do this while we're in remote. You can do it while you're at home as well. And President Stanley, I think you'd like to remind listeners too that we're all in this together. Nobody likes this, but you know, Spartans will get through this. It's, it's, I know, again, that people are frustrated by the pandemic. I think all of us and, and many of us who have, you know, really taken this seriously um, have really thought about our responsibility, not just to ourselves, but to others and family members and the community um, to try and control some of the spread of disease. It's difficult when we're confronted with this variant um, that still can infect people, even though they've taken the precautions. And, and again, there's there's no shame in getting infected by this virus. It's not anything you did uh, necessarily. It's the virus, uh, you know, and its infectivity that, that's changed. But I think we still need to have the empathy we've had for people. But we also need, again, to think about, you know, doing the things that we can do to try and mitigate this to the extent we can. But again, we're all in this together. All of us have the same goal, which is to, you know, pursue our education, pursue our innovative work uh, at Michigan State University and do it in an environment where we're safe and, and again, feel welcome. We all have that goal. And I think, again, getting vaccinated, getting boosted, wearing your mask, those are all ways in which you, we work together um, to allow us to get as close to normal as we can during this, you know, challenging uh, period. And I think it will get better. What we know from South Africa, what we know from uh, UK uh, is that this virus uh, goes up and then it goes down in a much more rapid way than we saw with the previous one. So I'm optimistic um, that, uh, you know, by mid-February, we'll be seeing significant declines in these numbers and that things will look much better by March. And any closing thoughts, sir, just on COVID-19, anything I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to mention? Just that, again, um, it's, it's really uh, challenging. There's a high level of frustration, but there will be better days ahead. Um, you know, Pfizer has announced they're making an Omicron-specific vaccine that may help us uh, with this particular variant and may make a difference. Um, we have new antivirals coming in from Pfizer uh, and from Merck um, that may be helpful in treating individuals who do get COVID, uh, who need this, and so may, again, do more to reduce the severity of disease for people who get it. So I think there's some good things on the horizon, uh, and we just need to you know, recognize that this is a surge. It is going to come back down again. That's what it's done everywhere else. It's not going to sustain at this level. It's not really possible. So we've got to get through these next few weeks, uh, but then things are going to be better uh, as we go through the spring semester. President Stanley, thanks so much for the update. My pleasure. That's Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley, Jr., MD. For the latest COVID-19 information at MSU, visit the Together We Will site. There's a link to that site featured prominently at msu.edu. I'm Russ White for MSU Today.